Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, welcome to Beecher Island Church. We have a big day, another big day planned, as Tucker said. Some baptisms after the sermon this morning. We have several of them. Uh, again, as Tucker said, that invitation's open. If anybody else wants to be baptized, that door is open. Uh, that's right. That's right. It is good. Um, Again, welcome to Beach Island. It is a it's a it's a church that I want to introduce to you. Uh, for anybody that's new here this morning, first let me just say, if you're new with us this morning, welcome, welcome. It's good to have you. It is good to have you. But Beach Island is a is an independent, non-denominational, Jesus-loving, Bible-preaching church. And I say it every Sunday because I believe it. And and uh, we are not ran uh, by any hierarchy. We we are led by a group of men who we believe have been called by God to shepherd this flock. And in that, uh, they rely on God and the Holy Spirit, God's Word and the Holy Spirit, I should say, to, to lead, to encourage, to, uh, to direct. And I, as the, the preacher, I rely on God's Word and the Holy Spirit to do all preaching. I don't let anybody tell me what I'm going to preach on. I, I allow Him to tell me. And so that's who we are. That's, that's what Beecher Island is, and we love it. Uh, it is all good. Um, we're a group of people, though, that know that we need a Savior. We fall short. I fall short. And, and we need a Savior. And it is in Christ, in His work at Calvary, that we can stand and gather today and know that we are on the journey to heaven when we call on His name. When He is our Savior, we are on that journey to heaven. And it is, it is good. Um, last week, we started into the book, uh, well, the chapter. We've been in the book of John for over a year. And it is good. But we started in chapter 14 last week. And, and so if you will, if you have your Bibles, turn uh, to John chapter 14. It is... It is uh, John chapter 14 is good. And we started in talking about the, the conversation that's going on. We, we, in the end of 13, Judas, Judas leaves the upper room. And we talked about how the intimacy of this conversation with Jesus and His disciples begins. That this intimacy that's happening, and it, it continues on in chapter 14. And we talked about that. We talked that, that, that uh, Jesus lays out to him that He is the way, the truth, and the life. And that nobody comes to the Father except through Him. And, and we talked about, about what Jesus meant in that. And, and, the, and what a statement of deity that it was. But He doesn't stop there. Jesus continues on in this intimate conversation in chapter 14. And we're going to get to read that today, some more of it anyways. But before I read that, I want to go back to what I always say. Why did John write this? Why did John write this? And I hope that, as I said last week, that this is becoming a memory verse for you. John chapter 20, verse 31. John lays it out as to why he wrote it. John chapter, 20, John chapter 20, verse 31 says this, But these things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you will have life in His name. That's how I want us to read this. I want us to know. I want us to know and know and know 
And that's who Jesus is. He is the Christ, the Son of God. And that believing, we can know that we are on a journey to heaven with Him. And what a great, great statement that is. And what a great knowledge that is. John chapter 14, 6 through 21 is what we're going to read. If you're not there, turn there, but let's go to Him in prayer first. Father God, I thank You. I thank You so much for going to the cross for us. I thank You so much for being He who had no sin, but yet taking all the sin of the world, all who call upon Your name and nail it to the cross and dying for us. Oh Lord, I pray this morning that, that ears are open to Your Word. That, that hearts are open. That there's no hardened hearts in this building right now or none that are listening online. Lord, I just pray that, that, that anybody who is hearing Your Word right now has an open heart and, and, and it's not falling on deaf ears, but they hear Your Word and, and it just moves them. Lord, I pray that we take Your Word seriously and we take that relationship that You want to have with us seriously. Lord, I thank You for the Gospel of John. I thank You that we get to read it and be a part of the intimacy of conversation that's taking place in this upper room. Lord, I thank You for loving us. And it's in Your name that I pray, Jesus. Amen. John chapter 14, verses 6-21. through Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. Jesus said to them, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The, the words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do. Because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and He will give you another Helper, that He may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. I will, leave you, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you a little while longer, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me, because I live. You will live also. At that day you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Amen, amen. God's word, it is good. When I was just out of high school, uh, I worked in a Western wear store. 
And this lady comes in, uh, and, and I knew her. Uh, I knew her because she had taken my senior pictures. I knew her because she was the wife of my dad's boss, Mike. And so I help her find what she was looking for, and, and, and she gets all of her stuff, and I'm, I'm ringing her up at the cash register, and, and she just stops and looks at me. I said, do you know who I am? I said, yeah, I know who you are. You're Mike's wife. <laughs> Felt horrible. I couldn't remember her name. I couldn't remember her name. And, and, and I felt horrible, and I could see the disappointment on her face. I, it was instant. And then she let me know how disappointed she was that I didn't know her name. As I read this, as I read this intimate conversation going on between Jesus and Philip, it made me remember this. It made me remember this conversation that I had with this woman. When I read this, I can almost hear the disappointment in Jesus' voice for Philip, not recognizing the Father in him. I can, I can almost just hear this disappointment, but <coughs> the disciples did not understand, and they didn't know at this point that the Father was in Christ. In Christ and the Father, they couldn't recognize it. And they didn't realize to know Christ was to know the Father. And to see Christ was to see the Father. See, and Jesus goes on, He says in verse 7, He says, If you had known Me, you would have known My Father also. And from now on, you know Him and have seen Him. The first thing that I want us to understand is that in no way is Jesus teaching that God and the Lord Jesus are, are the same person. He's not teaching that at all. There are three distinct persons in the Godhead, but there is one God. There is one God. And the disciples had recognized who Jesus really was. They, they would have known the Father also. They would have known the Father, but, but the Lord reveals, because the Father reveals, because Jesus reveals the Father to man. But Philip wanted the Lord to give some sort of special revelation. I, maybe I shouldn't laugh at this, but I kind of do. Philip's like, well, well, just give us a special revelation of the Father, and, and that'll be good enough for us, Jesus. That, that, just, just some special thing, and, and that'll be, uh, then we'll understand. He <laughs> didn't understand that everything that the Lord was and did and said was of the Father, was a revelation of the Father. Even though I may believe that Jesus was disappointed, maybe he wasn't, but I just read it that way, that, that he was disappointed in Philip. But even though he may have been, he, he patiently corrected Philip. He, he had great patience with him. Uh, Philip had been with the Lord for a long time. He, he was one of the first disciples that were called to, to follow, called to go with Jesus. Yet the full truth of Christ's deity and His unity with the Father is not yet dawned on him. He hasn't grasped that. He did not know that when he looked at Jesus, he was, he was also looking at the One who perfectly, who perfectly displayed the Father. Colossians 1.15 Colossians 1.15 says, He is the image of the invisible God. 
the firstborn over all creation. It says He is the image of the invisible God. He is God. And then Jesus goes on to say in verse 10 of John chapter 14, Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father in Me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on My own authority. But the Father who dwells in Me does the works. Believe Me that I am in the Father, and the Father in Me, or else believe Me for the sake of the works themselves. As we read this, Jesus is laying out the union between, between the Father and the Son. That they are, they are separate persons, yet they are one as to the attributes and will. They're one. You know, we should not be disappointed if we cannot understand this. We, we should not be disappointed in, in any way if we cannot understand this statement. Because honestly, there's probably no earthly mind that understands the Godhead. There's not. We must give God credit. But, but he knows things that we can never know. And we've got to be okay with that. Because, you know, uh, if we fully understood Him, we'd be as great as He is. And we're not. You see, Jesus had power to speak the words and to do the miracles, but... He came into the world a servant of Jehovah, and he, and he spoke and acted in perfect, in perfect obedience to the Father. <coughs> the disciples should believe that he was one with the Father because of his own testimony to the fact. He, he laid it out to him. He, he taught them that. He was trying to tell them over and over and over. But, but Jesus says, if you, don't, if you don't believe that, if you don't get it yet, Please believe because of the works I perform. I think about us. I think about us in this. I think about our thoughts and understanding of who Jesus is. You see, uh, If we don't believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, because He tells us, we should believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, because of the works He has done. You see, if we read this right here, if we truly believe that this is the Bible, it is God's Word and it is inherent and it is full of detail that is from God, then when we read this, and we read this, and we read this, then we should know that Jesus is the Christ. But if you still don't believe it, know that He's the Christ because of the works that the Father had Him do. That He did because He is God. You see, that's what the disciples were having a hard time of wrapping their mind around. They were having a hard time of understanding That he was the Son of God. But he's saying, come on, guys. Come on, if you don't, if you don't believe it because I've been telling you, I want you to believe it because of what I've done. But I think about us. Jesus lays out all the deity. He, he lays out who he is. Hey, if we read this word, I hope that we that we see that and our heart just opens up to it. 
But if not, let's believe because of the works He does. You see, the, the problem is though, is when we read the Word and we have all this detail that's laid out, all this detail that's given to us from God's Word. But then if we start excusing any of those details away, we start changing God's Word. A while back, we had creation truth here, and Matt Miles got up here and had dinosaurs all over, and it was awesome. But he said something that has just resonated with me. He, he said, you know what? God lays out all this detail. And if we look at the book of Genesis, and we have all the detail that God laid out in Genesis of all creation, and if we start excusing away any of the detail that's laid out in Genesis, then you might as well just start having excuses for the rest of the Bible. And I wholeheartedly believe that. If we start having given excuses or, or leniences on any of God's Word, you might as well just set it aside and read some other book. You see, I want to be about God's Word and His detail of the truth that He's laying out. And Jesus says, if you don't believe me, look at the works I give if you don't believe me, look at the works I do. And we have all the works laid out right in front of us. And when we get to the end of John, it's going to tell us that, you know what? Jesus did so many works that if I wrote them all in here, it wouldn't, the world couldn't hold it. That's how many works the Son of God did. When you read this, when you read God's Word, I want you to see the detail of the works that Jesus did. And let me just tell you, no human could have died. There is not one human that's ever lived, that can do it. Because He is the Son of God. He is 100% man, 100% God, and that is why He could do it. You see, then Jesus goes on to predict that those who believe on Him would perform miracles like Him. And what a statement that is. And He says, not just works that I do, but even greater works. Even greater works you will do. Look at verse 12 with me. Verse 12 says, Most assuredly, or, or if you have the King James Version, it says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, that what that's saying is church focus. <laughs> it's saying, Jesus is telling you, Hey, I want you to listen to this. The truth is about to be spoken, and you need to focus on me, because Jesus, not me, you need to listen. I'm going to tell you something that is truth. And I need you all ears. So he says, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Amen. You know, I think that when we read this, our minds probably go to physical healing. Uh, I mean, I think our natural tendency is, is for our minds to go to, to physical healing. But let me just tell you that there are much greater works. There are much greater miracles. I'm not taking away miracles of healing because God tells us in His Word to be praying for them. To anoint oil and pray on people for healing. But He says there's so much greater. So much greater works. In the book of Acts, we read about the apostles performing these miracles of healing. We also read in the book of Acts greater miracles. Such as the miracle of 3,000 souls coming to Jesus on one day of the Pentecost. 
One day, 3,000 people converting and becoming believers. Undoubtedly, it was the worldwide proclamation of the gospel. The salvation of so many souls. The, the building of the church that I believe that Jesus was talking about, about these greater works. About these greater works and, and the expression is in the words. The words that Jesus says, see, this is what I come to. It is greater to save souls than to heal bodies. It's greater to save souls than heal bodies. And I think that's what he's talking about here. And I'll be the first to tell you that I don't understand the depths of miracle work. I don't understand the depths of it. I don't understand the depths of the power of the Holy Spirit and what that means and the, the abilities in that. But what I do know is what Jesus said in Luke 5.23. Luke 5.23, He said, Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Rise up and walk? See, He cared more about their salvation than He did their physical body. But you know what? He healed their physical body so that they would know that He is the Christ, the Son of God. <coughs> It's greater to save souls than to heal bodies. Amen? See, I've been asking you guys to be praying for, to be praying for people who are not saved. Praying for people who have not opened their heart to, to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. I've been, I've been asking you to pray for an individual that, that, that's been on your heart that, that doesn't come to Christ, that doesn't, doesn't have a relationship with Him. I've been, been asking you to pray for that, and I, and I hope that you've been doing that. Because you know what? In these, in these great miracles, I truly believe that Jesus is saying, you know what? All these miracles that I've performed are great. But there's no greater miracle than one receiving eternal life. And guys, I want to be about the kingdom. I want to be kingdom-minded. Kingdom -minded. I, want to, I want to be about, about people coming to Christ. I, I don't want to just fill in these, these chairs and, and pews and, and we just talk about Jesus and the saving grace that He has right here. And then we go out there and we're just silent about who our Jesus is. There, there is I don't know if it's a newer... It's a newer song. I'm going with that. If I'm wrong, it's okay. Let me tell you about my Jesus, right? Man, are you telling people about Jesus? Because, I mean, you want to be a part of some miracle work and power? Start praying for an individual that's not about Christ. You want to be a part of, uh, of some, the, the Holy Spirit working and you pr pray about somebody and watch God work. Watch God work. I want to make sure that we are about saving souls. I still want... I still want to see Jesus heal bodies. And I'm going to pray for Jesus to heal bodies. But I want to be all about saving souls and bringing people to Christ. Jesus goes on to say that when He returns to heaven, He would be glorified. And that the, the Holy Spirit would be sent to the earth to, to dwell in, in every believer. And it would be through the Holy Spirit that His power and His power that the apostles could, could perform these greater miracles. Jesus says in verse 13, And whatever you ask in My name, that I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in My name, I will do it. 
What a comfort that is. What a comfort that must have been to the disciples to know that even though that Jesus was going to leave them, that, that they could pray to the Father in His name. That they could pray to the Father in His name and receive their request. But listen, this verse does not mean that a believer can get anything that they want. It doesn't mean that, that a believer can just, just pray and, 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 and get whatever. Right? You see, I, I believe that the key to understanding this promise given here is in the words. Is in the words, in my name. Whatever you ask, in my name. To ask in Jesus' name is not to just simply put it at the end of the prayer. It's not to simply just insert it wherever. It is to ask in accordance with His name and His will. It is to ask for those things which will glorify God, will bless people, and be for your own spiritual sanctification with Him. But I want us to see in all of this that in order to ask in Christ's name, we must live in close relationship with Him. Otherwise, we do not know His desire, His will. Listen, the closer we are with Him, the more our desire will be the same as His. The Father is glorified in the Son because the Son only desires those things that are pleasing to God. I think we have to take that to heart. And in verse 14, Jesus reiterates what He says. He reiterates what He says. He says, if you ask anything in My name, I will do it. What Jesus is laying out here is amazing, but, but as people, we misuse this verse bad. Well, we misuse this verse. Now, don't read this verse and then go pray in the name of Jesus that you win the lottery. It's probably a bad example, but, but I'm trying to make the point that, that Jesus is trying to say to you, hey, or He's saying to us, hey, it's not just saying whatever your heart desires and, and praying about whatever your heart desires and I'm going to give it to you. He's not a genie. But I think a lot of times we treat Him like one. No, this is a promise. It's a promise given to us by Jesus. And it's repeated by Jesus to emphasize. To emphasize as a strong encouragement to God's people. To His people. Live in the center of His will. Live in the center of His will. Walk in fellowship with the Lord. Ask for anything that the Lord would desire. And He'll answer your prayers. Jesus said, I say to you, He who believes in Me, the works that I do, He will also do, and greater works than these He will do. Because I go to My Father. Now again, I'll tell you, I don't understand the depths of this. I don't. My mind can't wrap around the depths of what Jesus is saying here. But what I do know is that when we walk in fellowship with Jesus, we may be able to say what is said in Luke 10.17. Luke 10.17 says this, Then the seventy returned with joy. It says, Then the seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in Your name. They were full of joy because of what they were experiencing because of the works of Jesus. Let's be in fellowship, an intimate relationship with Jesus so that we can see His desire. And we can, we can 
See His will and have joy. Have joy. Be full of joy when we boldly pray in His name. I pray this morning that any person that is here or that's listening online, I pray that you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I pray that you have a personal relationship with Him. That you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead. And it says you will be saved. That, that just says right there that you're going to be on a journey to heaven with Him. And are you on that journey? Are you on that journey? Do you confess Him as Lord? Church, I pray that you know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And if you believe that, you can know that you have life in His name. You can stand in the assurance of that. Well, let me just say, if you've not been baptized, if you've not been baptized, if you've not stepped into the water after coming to Christ, saying the world, saying to the world that Jesus is your Savior, that He is the Lord of your life. That you shout to all people that He is the King. He is your King. And that He's your Savior. And don't let your feet be glued to the floor today as we do baptisms. Let your feet move. Come forward and be baptized. If you haven't done that, it's okay to just jump in there with your clothes on. It's alright. You don't have to have to change your clothes. They'll dry, I promise. I'm going to invite the music team up. Church, we need to be praying in the name of Jesus. We absolutely need to be praying in His name. But we do that by being in Him. We do that by being in Him just as He was in the Father and the Father in Him. Church, I, I want us to be full of joy because we are getting to see that even the demons, even the demons are subject to us in the name of Jesus. But also listen to what Jesus says to the 70 just a couple verses past. In Luke 10, verse 20. In Luke 10, verse 20, it says this. Nevertheless, is Jesus talking to the 70 still? He says, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this. He's saying, don't rejoice in seeing that even the demons come out of people because of my name. He says, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather, listen to this, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Amen, amen. Right? That's why we rejoice. That's why we can be full of joy. So much joy that, that it may even bring tears to your eyeballs. But it's okay. He says, that's why you rejoice. Rejoice because I am in you. And you are in me. Rejoice because I have went to the cross for you. Rejoice because I nailed all your sin to the cross and I took them with me. I bear them. She says, rejoice because you know that your name is written in heaven. Rejoice because you know that you're on your journey to heaven. But let me tell you right now, if you haven't confessed Jesus as Lord, you're not on the journey to heaven. I want you to hear that. It's not because you're a good person. It's not because you do good works. It's because you confess Him as Lord. 
And that's the only way to heaven. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And nobody comes to the Father except through me. I want that to resonate in you today. I want you to hear that today. I want you to know. I want you to know, to know, to know if your name is written in heaven or not. And it's pretty clear. Okay, it's not a question. It's not I hope so. It is that I am or I am not. Okay? And an I am is I confess Jesus Christ as Lord. And I believe in my heart that God has raised Him from the dead for me. And it says you will be saved. I want you to know that today. And if you have not confessed Him as Lord, today is the day to do it. Today is the day to open up your heart. Say, Jesus, You are my Lord. You're my everything. And it's in You I live. And when you do that, you're on your journey. Let me just say, though, if you've done that, and you haven't gotten in some water to be baptized, because that's what Jesus tells us to do. It doesn't have any saving grace in that water. I'm just telling you that right now. But what it does, it shouts to the world that you are saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. That you don't have to worry about what journey you are on because you are on His journey to heaven. And it's shouting to the world that right there. We're going to sing some songs and then we're going to do some baptisms. If you're getting baptized and you planned on it, go ahead and go change. We're going to do that. If you have not planned on it, it's okay. Get in the Word today. Let's go to Him and pray. Father God, man, I just thank You so much. I thank You so much that it's in You that we have life. It's not left up to us. It's not left up to, uh, left up to our doings. It's not, it's not left up to, man, have I done enough? No, it's in You. God, and You say that, I truly believe that in this, You're saying these greater works that we will do is bringing people to You. What a miracle that is. What a miracle that is for people just to come to You and, and be, be yoked up with You and stand in the peace that You give out. A peace that, you, that we can't understand because it's so good. God, I thank You so much for loving us so much. Loving us unconditionally. Loving us even though You knew we are and were and will continue to be sinners. But You love us and You say, come to Me. I'll cover You. Thank You for wanting that intimacy of fellowship. That intimacy of relationship with us. God, I pray that we seek it. That we don't set it aside, but we seek it. That our eyes are focused on You every day of our life. God, I thank You that we can rejoice because we know that our name is written in heaven. Amen, amen. And it's in Your name that I pray, Jesus. Amen. Stand and sing with us if you will.